1: Now, here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and a big welcome to the Business Elevation Show. I'm absolutely delighted to be back um, again. You may have noticed uh, we have some new music as well, and we have the composer on the show too uh, today, Owen O'Sullivan. Um, so I'm really excited to uh, talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about finding the perfect coach. And um, we a little bit about the artistry of coaching as well, uh, with Libby Wagner, Stephen Morris, and as uh, mentioned, Owen O'Sullivan. Now, I just want to say before we start the show and in the introduction, and as I always do, a big thank you to uh, my show guests. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, we had Gene Early on the show and jean uh, was uh, myself were interviewed about elevating leadership with uh, stephen morris who's uh, joining us again today in a different capacity as uh, as guest rather than interviewer and i think he did a fantastic job in helping us to really talk about um how we can make a, a ripple in the universe with our leadership and how we can maybe take it one step further and i'm um, delighted to say that in a in a a couple of weeks, we're going to be back on the show again uh, to a um, part two. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, also, I'd like to say a thank you to Carlin Pipes, as we repeated last week, had a little holiday. So we repeated the show with Carlin, which was around her book, um, uh, The Do-Over. And Carlin is um, a Hall of Fame swimmer. Um, she has two, over 220 world records to her name. She's in um, the American kind of a Hall of Fame, um, just an incredible um, athlete. So I had the privilege, actually, she contacted me. She was over from Hawaii and uh, sent me a message saying, if you can get to London on Wednesday, um, do you fancy a swimming lesson? So I had the amazing privilege of having uh, Carlin Pipes help me to learn to swim, which was just phenomenal. And I turned up. Um, She had um, about seven or eight um, ripped um, triathletes who kind of joined (laughs) us. Um, There was me turning up in my shorts, um, (laughs) causing great amusement. Um, They said said I was like I was dragging a parachute along with me. Um, And um, and I got something... (laughs) I got some incredible tuition from Carlin. so <laughs> a, a huge thank you to her for all of her advice and uh, and guidance and maybe at some point uh, I should share a few tips on on doing the front crawl from uh, from and um, so we repeated the sh- I repeated the show as a, as a big thank you so um how do you find the perfect coach. Now, I think this is going to be a really special conversation today, um, because um, I'm I'm very fond of uh, the guests that I'm I'm bringing, in. I know from the uh, conversation we did on the Artistry of Engagement together um, a couple of years ago, which was just so well listened to. Um, what a, an amazing team of people they are, and we're going to discuss really, you know, how to ensure that a coach is right for you. Um, or your employees as well as the subtle signs of of coaching artistry that you should be looking for that should really give you confidence that you found the right coach as i mentioned i'm joined by three friends of the show uh, libby wagner um, is a an amazing poet a teacher a writer a speaker an advisor and coach to president ceos directors of fortune 500 clients um, owen O'Sullivan is um, the irish singer composer and coach and he's collaborated with river dance composer phil whelan uh violinist nigel kennedy actor russell crowe director steven spielberg music legends the chieftains and he's also now probably the the highlight of his career he's now composed the music for the business elevation show um the theme tune right so thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> it's like right awesome saying that tongue-in-cheek but thank you it's brilliant uh, and then we've got also got it's Stephen morris pleasure. <laughs> Stevens Stephen's a brilliant artist, writer, TEDx speaker, entrepreneur, who has an uh, amazing thriving painting practice. And he combines that with his brand evolution consultancy, leadership advisory work, coaching work. He's worked with companies like Sony, Habitat for Humanity, Samsung and Disney. And then plus my own uh, opinion, as uh, the group said, well, Chris, you've got lots of uh, many, many years of professional business coaching as well under your own belt. So I'm sure we're going to have a great discussion here. Um, so if better, becoming a better you or developing your people, improving yourself as a coach is important, then I think this will be a great conversation. So firstly, I just want to say, um, Owen, you know, thank you so much for, uh, I, I sort of as a little bit of uh, a, a bit of cheek uh, a few weeks ago, I said, you know, I fancy creating a little bit of music for the show, do you? And uh, and I was quite amazed when you came back and, and you did it. Um, I just wonder if you could maybe just share any perspectives, um, you know, that you have on that um, sort of music and uh, and also just sort of interested in, you know, where you created that for the show, uh, but also maybe just share a little bit about how you coach in your work.
2: Yeah, well, the, the way I came to that theme tune is very similar to my approach to coaching, actually, which is all around listening. And uh, I've been on the show with you before. We've had some amazing conversations. And um, really what I heard was... Um, your own inspiration for the show, and you call the show the Business Elevation Show. And what I felt was listening to you was um, that there are uh, sort of quiet voices that we have within us that eventually, like little seeds in the dark of the earth, really have within them desire to grow and to elevate and to burst forth into something that is out in the sunlight and fully present in the world you know so really I I was listening to you um, express that that that's such an intention you have and it's really beautiful so I thought you you gave me the challenge Chris so I thought come on what would it be like if I was to do this for for Chris's show and um, you'll hear in that intro it's in three sections and the first section has this very sort of almost childlike little voice, uh, which represents that uh, inner desire. And then it's followed by something that's a bit more driving. And then it fully uh, emerges into this four to the floor kind of rock out that should get everyone's (laughs) head nodding up and down, you know, and the foot tapping full somatic engagement. Chris was what I was aiming for. And, um, Uh, Yeah, so I just love, I always love how um, the arts really are far more than just a pleasant experience or an experience of entertainment, that the arts actually are hugely pragmatic and hugely applicable to the goals and the strategy that we want to achieve in our lives. And so... um, uh, that's really how that little piece of music emerged. And that's how I love to approach my coaching. I approach my coaching from an artistic perspective. And I see all all, all, all life, really, as an artistic endeavor. Um, when we make our cup of tea in the morning, we're engaging actually in a ritual, a morning ritual. It's a ritual performance. And uh, when we sit down to eat, whether it's at the computer screen or with friends, you know, all of these acts that we do throughout the day are sending messages to our subconscious and uh, sending messages to the person that we really want to be. And my work really says that by slightly becoming a bit more aware and a bit more conscious of the rituals we're engaging in, of the actual hidden artistry of our lives, if we're more conscious to that, suddenly our lives can take on a very sort of subtle, organic kind of beautiful flowering, almost with very little effort at all, almost by magic. So that's the way that uh, that I like to approach my coaching. Yeah.
1: Wow. Well wow it's amazing and i should just say about the the music i think um i really love the way you've articulated that and uh, and what we will do is we'll get the voiceovers as well re-recorded and, have, and a better quality to sort of match the quality of the of the music so we'll, we'll do that and uh, but thank you thank you and i love the way that you articulated that it was, it was brilliant um and, and i know the three of you 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 know you work together in you 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 kind of have your own businesses and kind of interest but you come together in uh with with studio leadership and 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 do projects together because you all have a you know each have a kind of an artistic um strength in 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 music and in art and uh, Libby with her poetry which um you know I think it brings something doesn't it to to the kind of business world so I'm interested in Libby you know you're your kind of thoughts on and how you coach in your work, and it might be interesting, you know, just to pick up on that point a little bit as well about the artistry that you bring and find valuable in the workplace.
3: Thanks, Chris. Yeah, I mean, it's always hard to follow the poetic Irishman, but uh, but I'll do my best.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, you know, better no woman. No. Ah,
3: thank you so much, Owen. Well, you know, Owen was really invoking um the principle of Bealtaine, which we're getting ready to celebrate here in Ireland. Um and I mean That's he can talk much more of the metaphor of it, but but he and I are getting ready to host a, a a creative artistic writing retreat uh down in the southwest of Ireland. But the the theme of that is Bialtana, which is that that breaking free that longing to come out of the darkness into the light. And, and I think that is a wonderful uh, metaphor for coaching. And, you know, um, I think that um, we all three of us have things that are very similar in terms of our philosophy about coaching. But I think, and specifically what I would add to that is that I think that one of the ways that I like to approach it is that I create this container that i would I would call you know, a, even a sacred container where the coaching client can uh, be vulnerable, be courageous, um, um, take risks, and um, which is what every artistic endeavor involves for sure. But you know more and more we know also with leadership and with um, entering into the business world that, you know, uh, courage is much more about vulnerability than it is about you know um, the sort of primary warrior metaphor. Not that we don't need that; it's just not the only one. And um, so I think that uh, what I like to do is I like to create this space between myself and my clients where I mean, because there's a reason that they say that the cliche: it's lonely at the top. Many. Um, leaders uh, don't actually have anyone that they can talk to and you know it's not always great to submit your spouse to all that so you know it's good to have a trusted advisor so I think for me it's creating that container where courage and risk and um, learning to trust oneself um, through that breaking through
4: breaking free.
1: Wow like that how about you Stephen?
4: Yeah, you know, uh, Libby, Owen, you guys as always do a phenomenal job of articulating the um, the artistic side and the metaphorical side of the work that we do, not just in the studio, but uh, in each of your individual coaching practices. And, you know, I suppose the thing that I would add to it is because, um, pr- partially because of two reasons, one of which uh, me as a visual artist and uh, the work that I do in my brand evolution programs, I tend to work with business leaders about how they see themselves in the world and how they relate to the world around them and how they want to then be seen so a lot of that a lot of the work that I do in the coaching environment has to do with helping a leader understand the landscape around them and understand their relationship to the landscape around them and really even working to unearth their own brand if you will of personal genius which is bringing their strengths forward. Uh, Obviously, it begins with understanding what those strengths are, and then tapping into the courage so that they can uh, express their own brand of personal genius into everything that they're doing and surround themselves, uh, or or even craft an environment, if you will, so that that brand of personal genius uh, really takes root and really comes to fruition.
1: Wow. Um, great. Um, I think really, really kind of uh, helpful sort of articulations, um, I think. I think, um, you know, from from my, my perspective, I really, you know, in my, with my own coaching, I kind of draw on you mm-hmm. know, some of those things that you talked about, you know, that sacred container. I see myself as creating a, a space for people. And I think, um, you know, some of my work is about um, helping people to understand them in doing some inner work to understand what maybe is is holding them back. Uh, from where they um, they want to get to, and maybe helping them through the conversation, the dialogue to create a you know a bridge to where they want to get to, and I think it's also you know having a an absolute you know belief in them, in and, and holding that belief, and a sense of maybe it's almost a feeling of love actually of uh, of um, holding this kind of loving space to enable them to move forward, but at the same time not being prepared to. Collude with them if they—they they there are things that you you know you observe in them that are are not taking them to where they want to be. Um, being prepared to you know call them on that as uh, um, you know I think with the coaching it's often you want you feel you want you know you want to be liked, but actually um, sometimes the right thing to do is to mm-hmm. do the right thing. So I think, um, you know, my coaching does that. And I think it helps people who are maybe starting to develop an organization and grow it or want to become a better, a better leader. Uh, but we, to be a better leader, sometimes you have to look at the whole life expects that were you know, were discussing about my family and other things in life that might be impacted by the way you're being. So. Yeah,
3: yeah I agree, Chris. And it, I think also that, um, it takes courage on the coach's part to be in this relationship, and that's the other thing I think that we're all sort of implying is that it is this relationship that involves um, courage, investment, deep listening, um, risk taking on both on part on the part of both the people involved.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is. A, it's an agreement between you that you need to need to create. I mean, what are the um. We've just got another couple of minutes before the, the break, so um, I'm going to ask, um, what, what are the reasons that you know? How, how can people really benefit from a coach? Do you think? Um, so maybe, maybe ask you, Libby. How, how do you think?
3: Well, I think the benefits, the the things that I see, I I see people um, getting support. I see people. Um, getting encouragement to move beyond what they originally imagined I see people doing that inner work that you're mentioning that um, that work of uh, creativity I see uh, Steve's you know point about like really identifying their voice and and their genius out in the world Um, you know I think you can go farther with a coach than you could go by yourself yeah
1: well, we're going to go to uh, a commercial break. I think it's. Um, we say it's good to have people pointing things out. A bit like my shorts when I was swimming across that pool. Um, just, just <laughs> yeah. a simple, simple observation from Karla that I should change my shorts and be prepared. Throw to...
2: them off, Chris. Just yeah, throw, throw off. off your shorts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or wear some lycra, which um, yeah. which. <laughs> For sure, that that actually speeded me up considerably. So um, you've got to be honest sometimes. So uh, on that note, I shall leave you to to think about that, and we'll go into the commercial break, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes.
4: (laughs) When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here, Voice America Business Network.
0: tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper.
1: Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Libby, Stephen and Owen. And we're talking about finding the perfect coach. And we're just talking about before the break, the benefits from coaching. So, Owen, um, what do you think of the benefits from coaching when you're, you know, you're working with your clients? What do they,
2: what lovely, do you- yeah. And I think when 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 people are trying to find the perfect coach, I think you're really trying to find the perfect coaches, and there are different different coaches have very different um, very different things to bring to to a leader to an individual. Um, so that can be anything from you know specific, very specific. Uh, Um, business skills that are particular to your industry, Um, coaching in that area, coaching in um, specifically issues around leadership, uh, coaching in issues around um, creativity, innovation. Um, So I think it really depends on what the person as an individual is um, hitting up against. And with my own coaching, what I find is that Uh, I focus in on people who feel that they are reaching a sort of um, a limit in their work and they know that there's something greater that they can achieve and their leadership, their, their, their professional life has been a series of these achievements. So they they can recognize that they're reaching a moment in their lives where they need a bit of help to break through. So they're up against a wall kind of knocking against the wall and they can hear there's something through it. And my own work really is around, um, the, the innovation, the creativity, the courage that is required to break through that wall in their, in their professional life, but also in their, in their own personal lives too, you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's really what I do. I, I believe it's 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 essential to do that with someone else. I think there's only so far we can we can we can um, bring ourselves, and then what's required is another person, really, to even simply be a listening ear, you know. And um, in my own approach, I bring that listening ear and then reflect uh, using um great poetry, great story, mythology, music, um that can show that these paths have been walked before. There are roadmaps to help us approach certain obstacles in our lives. And these secret codes and maps are contained within the great uh and the simple works of art, the folk tales, the folk songs, the 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 even the Adam Sandler movies, Chris uh Hi. Uh, can 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 leave us the clues i was watching one with my with my little brother yesterday and um even these great uh uh, you know billion dollar uh movies can have within them the codes and maps you know that's the reason why these stories are so successful is because they're actually working on many levels Um, so that's the kind of work I do. Yeah. And it's so funny when people do have these conversations and enter into this conversation, the speed with which results, um, can be seen is extraordinary within one or two really, you know, substantial conversations. Um, people can see the, 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 um, the combination code in the lock click and suddenly as if by magic things start to reveal and unravel, you know?
1: Wow, well, you yeah, have a way with words, Owen. Um like uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like anyone else. And um I can also imagine in your your coaching as well with um you know you've been uh, had that experience of being on stages with you know um, large audiences. Yeah. The you know the the way that may be you know, somebody like a leader who's maybe um, wanted to communicate at a conference or something, the way they, they stand and move and engage with an audience. I can imagine through your coaching that uh, you'd have enormous value to add.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, communication. And um, uh, when I started out as a musician, one of, the, one of the only places where I could get actually paid was performing in schools. You know, schools had budgets to bring in artists. So I quickly learned that the most honest audience in the world is a, is a, is a group of children and if you lose a child's attention for one millisecond they'll stand up and just walk out of the room you know, and shout at their teacher this is boring (laughs) So, so kids can see instantly your body language and know whether you are authentically present in front of them and so very early on in my performance career I learned that if I had to keep these children's attention I had to stand fully confident in what I was presenting to them And I learned so much from that. And really, a leader, when they are presenting in front of a group, in order to achieve, you know, the real dream results that we have seen others achieve, uh, you have to first go inward and stand, find a very solid ground within. And there are many techniques to do that. I mean, dancers, of course, do this all the time. The dancer, this is their currency. This is how a dancer speaks is through finding that ground within their body before you can actually be the body on the stage so it's this extraordinary kind of paradoxical in order to go out you have to first go inward and again it can happen very quickly you know Excellent. it's not something very long term you, you don't have to study for 10 years to get the to to learn some of these these little tricks you know that can give huge results very quickly.
1: Excellent well, I'd like to um, if, you if you don't mind, Steve, I'm not going to ask your opinion on this because I'd like to move on to the, onto the next um, sort of element. I'd just like to ask you first: um, what do you think of the challenges um, that people face when choosing the right coach?
4: Yeah, it's uh, you know, it, as you can tell from this, even this particular conversation, you have four very experienced, yet uh, somewhat different uh, individuals and leaders who. Um, while we have probably a lot of commonality in the way that we work the there are some significant differences and you know when when someone is out there looking for a coach for whatever they feel like their particular challenge situation or predicament is, I think one of the most important things that people should be thinking about is is the chemistry um, when often and and I think both you Chris and Libby talked about, you know, creating these containers of trust. And, uh, you know, it's chemistry that is one of those things that is you can feel the minute you're beginning to engage with someone. And so when someone's out there, quote unquote, shopping for a coach and looking at the landscape of the opportunity that they have for a coaching relationship, they should be looking at how well does the the individual that I'm talking to uh, how how well aligned are we from a, from a chemistry standpoint? And that chemistry is something that often is quite intangible. You know, you can look at the person's background, you can look at their modality, you can look at their experience and whether they've coached with, you know, uh, similar companies and things like that. But uh, it's chemistry that is one of those things that really can't be replaceable. And so... Uh, often, when I'm entering into a coaching relationship, one of the first things that I'm doing is trying to create a sort of a dualistic rapport. And by the dualistic rapport, I mean uh, can I have enough trust in this person that I feel like I can? get in deep with them? And do they feel like they can do that with me too? Is there is there the opportunity for deep vulnerabilities so that we can work on the bigger issues that are facing them? Uh, when you think about the leadership uh, predicament, if you will, uh, and this goes back to Libby's point where it's not just lonely at the top, but it's also quite siloed in that, I think the challenge is that most leaders do, don't really have an understanding of the full honest landscape around them. A lot of leaders are surrounded by what we might consider yes people and people that might be afraid to speak up to them, uh, either for uh, the leadership position or for lack of access to them and things like that. And so, they don't tend to have a very uh, clear understanding of of what the 360 view of their world is. And so, I, I believe that that leader should be looking for uh, first and foremost, the the development of chemistry and trust. And and I think um, working with someone who understands the sort of the crossroads that they're at. Uh, I'll give you an example of this. Um, so I was working recently with a, a, a business leader who was looking uh, at the very beginning stages of selling their business. And with that particular situation, uh, a variety of things begins to come up, um, not just helping them think through the the business attributes of selling the business, but also the, the personal identification attributes of that. So, when someone sells a business, because I have done that in the past, um, often the leader's identity is caught up very deeply into what that business means to them, and and what they mean to that business, and so it takes a little bit of shedding, and maybe even a lot of shedding of uh, uh, one's own individual identity to be able to separate yourself from the business, especially if you're the founder of that business. And so, when when the leaders were when this particular leader was looking for different coaches, uh, they wanted really someone who had kind of been that road, been down that road before, and could help them look around the bend and help them navigate the complexities of all of that.
1: I think it's very, you know, it's interesting here in that um, tradition, you know, coaching um, can be seen as being very much about asking questions, but on the other spectrum, I think what we all do as uh, four of us, we spend quite a lot of time too in that, in that mentoring space. And we are hired because we have specific knowledge and experience that we, we can we can partake and share because we've been there and sort of done it. And it was it was highlighted to me once um, many years ago by a, a European director of a big company. And I'd just been on a, on a coaching program, so I was very much in the asking questions mode. And we got to a point where I asked questions and asked questions, and she just suddenly stopped and said, "Chris, just give me the." bloody
3: answer <laughs> and my language
1: and, and i gave her the yeah. answer she said oh thank goodness for that you know um and i realized it was at that point it sort of dawned on me that actually people were wanting my experience too and i think um there were a lot of coaching programs that people would go on who had maybe not have got a lot of experience and were being taught uh, to ask lots of questions because they didn't have specific knowledge but i think um where you have to consider is um, is if you're looking for the right coach do so they have some knowledge too that could really help you uh, to move forward if, if you're doing something specific like selling your business or building a leadership team or wanting to set up a company um, that those sorts of aspects I think are helpful what are your thoughts libby
3: well it's it's interesting i I was thinking about um, how you know there are so many different approaches to this, and going back to your question about like what are the potential problems or challenges with finding the perfect coach and Steve you know mentioned a couple of them i mean and then you just uh, noted this idea of you know okay, well, where do I find one like do I just google and 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 see what happens because the good news and the bad news is that there's no real barrier to entry to you know call yourself a coach, and there are programs certification programs and um all kinds of things that you know a coach can invest in in their own development, and um, and I think it's fair, you know, I mean, it's fairly controversial in the coaching world, you know. Uh, are you, quote, properly trained, or are you just, or as, as they say in Ireland, you know, do you read music, or are you gifted, and um. So I think that, um, like, I'm just going to share my bias here. Not that I have anything against coaching programs. I think they can be really helpful. But I also think that um, they also teach a particular way of being with a client which might or might not uh, encourage you to let go of your intuition and um, and and to follow a script. So I think, um, you know, I actually differentiate between mentoring and coaching, even though I know the lines can get kind of blurry. So I have what I would call coaching clients, but I also have mentoring clients. So my mentoring clients are entrepreneurs who are starting a business or elevating a business, accelerating a business. So I can actually say, I've been there, I've done that, I know what this looks like. Whereas my coaching clients may be CEOs or senior directors of multi-level, you know, multinational corporations. And I've never done that before. But what I have done is I've advised a lot of those people. And I can also say, all right, well, here are some options and some choices for you. Let's work through these and see which one feels the best. Um, I think I think those are, are some particular challenges. The other challenge I want to say that I think I particularly pay attention to is that. Um, so I think that part of the reason people want and need coaches is they do not have a right relationship to their livelihood. They have they have let work eclipse a lot of other um, significant and elementary parts of their lives, whether it's their creative life or their or their health and wellness or whatever and so I also think that you know that's part and I never call myself a life coach by the way I would never call myself that but I do think that we consider the whole human being who shows up to the coaching uh, relationship and I think that's another thing that is a challenge for people.
1: I think that's a really really important point that I think with with my coaching sometimes I'm, I'm when I'm in that sort of situation I'll ask people you know what um. You know what do you want people to say about you when you've maybe you know gone um, and departed this world? You know what um do you want to be when you're sitting there in your chair with your slippers and a, a mug of tea or coffee or a glass of wine when you're you know very elderly? What do you want to look back on? And um, sometimes that gets people to think actually uh, you know I want my you know I want to know that I've I've done good that I've you know brought up a good family and you know, that my health is, is good. And then when you ask them, mm-hmm. are you on that track right now? And they realize that actually they're not. So, so, you know, starting a little bit with that end in mind can be very helpful. And it uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it teases out okay. um, factors, doesn't it? Which might be playing out in the way people are dealing with employees as, as well as the way they're dealing with their families.
3: Mm-hmm. I agree. How about you? Sure. you have yeah. a couple of minutes to tell us what you think? What do you see the challenges? Chris and your coaching clients.
1: Okay, the challenges that they they have, I think, I think they're sometimes quite that they're like yourself. I think Libby, in terms of wanting to set up and wanting guidance to grow a business, and uh, and they may be in um, leadership teams. Um, they're uh, they you know I might be working for, with for the CEO with the CEO or chairman, but but I may be helping some of their their team, and sometimes I think people have. Um, I spend quite a bit of time looking at things like flow. you know are they are they are they in their flow doing what they're doing, or you know have they got lots of aspects of their work where actually they're out of flow and and that's where the challenges are being faced and therefore you know should they be looking at maybe other other resources or delegation? Um, of uh, of some of those activities and letting go of them because somebody else will be better doing them and they would be more happy or even mm. are they actually in the wrong job all the time? So I had a, mm. a lovely example with a guy who was a senior guy who was going to leave a company because um, they didn't want to give him a sort of a, a strategic uh, role um, but they didn't want to lose him because he was he was so well connected with the marketplace and customers. And when we when we I did some work with him about understanding his natural flow with using a a system, he he realised that he had barely any energy towards strategy anyway. So we what we did is we we created a role um, between us that would be his perfect role, and he put that into the company. And they said that's fantastic, go and do that. So everybody was happy, and he didn't leave. And they hired somebody they wanted to into the role. So I mean that was quite a. You know, an example where sometimes people think they want something, but actually it's not right for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's good. we Unfortunately, I think I've talked too much there. We have to go to commercial break now. But um, after the break, we'll talk about uh, a few more of those sort of you know key points to to think about. And I'd also just like to touch on with having three you know, very artistic people. Um, and uh, I was very touched when Owen identified that I had some artistry myself the way I do my show, um, not long ago, mm-hmm. and we we'll talk a little bit about the artistry of coaching um, as well, because I think you know that is uh, that is important. So, we'll be back again in just a couple of minutes.
0: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to Chris at ChrisCooper.co.uk. That's Chris at ChrisCooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper.
1: I just, um, another little point I'd just like to uh, make, you know, how, um, what's your feeling? And maybe I can ask this to you, Owen, is uh, around how much should a coach actually promise, you know, um, in terms of the results of a coaching program to a, a prospective coachee? Should there be mm-hmm. some sort of rule or guidance up front in terms of what they will get from it? Or is mm-hmm. or yeah. the onus with the I coachee? Mean-
2: I'd say two things there. First of all it depends on the the type of coaching and then it depends on the the type of um the type of individual. So if you're looking for someone to 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 work through a big uh, merger or acquisition you're going to have a very specific coach who will be able to, you know, assessing the specific context, be able to actually write down the very specific goals, you know. Um then there's more uh, uh, sort of um, qual- qualitative results that, that I work with. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's rather difficult to really say what is it that a beautiful piece of music brings and gives you at just the right time, you know, or what happens when... Just the right words are said at just the right time, or when a, when you help someone, and that feeling you have, you know, what? How do you actually quantify those things? Um, and that's the that's the kind of work I do, really. Which is, you know, we've we've talked about it too before, Chris. Is how do we recognise and acknowledge and give ourselves permission to say that our being in this world, the miracle of our life, is actually us. Showing up in the world as, um, as an artist, really the fact that we have our bodies and our voices and our minds means that we are creating this extraordinary tapestry. We're weaving this immense work of art by our moving in the world and be that it doesn't matter what type of job you have, you know, whether it's you making this radio show, which is a very explicit type of creativity or someone working in corporate insurance. I have an amazing coaching client who's a CEO of a huge um, corporate insurance broker firm and the work that he does, first of all, as a leader um, with individuals, uh, people's whole livelihoods come and go, you know, uh, before his his leadership. And um, that's the reality of leadership, is you are actually working uh, with people's livelihoods, you know? I mean, it's such an extraordinary responsibility, an amazing medium for a person to work in, to, to make their art in. And I think all it takes is for us to allow ourselves to say, actually, I am an artist in my work. And here's why. And you work that out in conversation, actually. It's in conversation. Artists are always talking about what they do all the time, obsessively sometimes. And it's the same way in anyone's profession. Once you really get down to what it is you are doing for your customers and your colleagues and yourself, you recognize that there is a profound reality that we are all in this together, in this miracle that is life, you know. I think- so.
1: I think you raised a really interesting point there. In that, you know, uh, if you want to be, you want to be a great artist like Steve, um, you're going to need, you know, some instruction uh, during that journey. I suspect to become a great artist, as you have taken, will have taken instruction with your music, as Libby, you know, has developed into being an amazing um, poet. And uh, in this um, this artistry, which we're talking about in terms of leadership and being able to uh, to operate and act and influence and nurture uh, people that also requires some outside support as well Um, just as if you were learning the piano and being observed or you were doing artwork and being observed and 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 assessed so actually through that that journey having a coach to help you um, on that journey and to move forward uh, and elevate uh, your artistry Uh, then that's important also, I guess, to identify areas where maybe your artistry could be that little bit stronger. I mean, have you any thoughts on that, Libby?
3: Well, I think that um, each of us, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we created the studio, which is a change consultancy based on uh, applying the principles of artistry to organizations, leaders, and, and, and change processes. I think that each of us wanted to be able to say, all right, well, if we, are, if we accept the, the truth that we are all artists, we are all in this creative process all the time, there may be different phases and places where we exist, but that means that we have to continually show up to that practice. And one of my favorite American poets who, who passed away last year, Mary Oliver, she used to say, well, look, if you want to write poetry, it's like a romance and somebody has to be Romeo and show up. And, um, you know, at the balcony or the love thing isn't going to happen. And, um, I think that, you know, it's kind of a blend of magic and discipline. And, um, and I think, you know, when I think about my coaching experience, I, it's not a different approach that I take to that, you know, there's a discipline to it, but there's also this element that I can't really explain. You know, when you have that chemistry that Steve mentioned, or you have that belief in, people, or you're willing to do the inner work, you know, all the things that we've kind of mentioned today. I think that that's, you know, part of the artistry of coaching. I'm, I, am uh, uh, just a quick, a quick story, you know, one of my favorite clients is a group of scientists who work in a national science lab in the US, and they really are rocket scientists, you know, they really are solving the world's biggest <laughs> science problems. And I get a chance to work with them two, two days a year, and on day one, they absolutely hate me. They can't stand me. They just think, oh, my gosh, who is this person come in here to, to ta- you know, make us write in a journal or create a sculpture or whatever. And this has nothing to do with the important hard science programs that, we, that we're working on. But then by day two, they love me. And that's not what I'm going for. But what I am going for is the fact that like they sit down and they begin looking at a poem and they begin talking about, you know, where are we dealing with ethical questions and problems and where are we creative in our work? And all of a sudden they get it. And it is one of the most satisfying things I do. Now that's in a group, but the the same thing can happen in an individual interaction, you know, like owens insurance guy i don't know him but you know like insurance you know sorry it's not that sexy right so you wouldn't think oh (laughs) this is a creative space um but it is it is if we if we look at it and approach it that way
1: yeah it's uh, and i think the the outcomes can be through some of these interventions can be really life-changing can't they i I remember doing a you know program and work with a very senior board in a in a company, I worked with the whole company. Actually, and then went to the board, and they sent me to the venture capitalists. And um, I think some feedback I got from the CEO was I asked him how how the experience had been, and he said it was the third most significant event of his life after he'd lost his mom and then and lost his brother. This was the the one event that had the biggest impact on him and mm-hmm. helped him realize some of the the errors of his ways. And um, you know, getting feedback like that, you know, and if you know, have a, if you have the right coach. Um, it can have an impact on people for the rest of their life if um if you're working with people who who, who coach with artistry so i just wonder if if um you know maybe you know being a bit mature in years is helpful as well for a coach picking somebody who's maybe been um you know has, has been there and, uh, and and done it and experienced it and had the time to assess themselves and maybe even has uh, you know invested in their own coaches too i think do you think that those sorts of aspects are important steve
4: yeah, I I actually think they do and I also want to go back to what we were just talking about in terms of the the elements of artistry when it comes to coaching and the benefit side of that. And you know, so one of the things that that I've I've noticed and I've even lived uh, having been a, a business person and an entrepreneur for 25 plus years and you know, having had the opportunity to work with more than 3000 business leaders across the world is that, you know, the, the, the exercise or the part of the anatomy, if you will, that tends to be perhaps over-exercised is the strategic mind. And it's obviously well, uh, well accepted and, and very measurable and, and even highly expected out of a, a, a leadership particular uh, environment. But one of the things that isn't taught and maybe even isn't even uh, valued as much as, as perhaps everybody here on, on this conversation believes it should be is, is the idea of tapping into the intuitive side of what we do. Uh, and this is not just the human being, but also the leader. And, you know, there's a lot of leaders out there, Jack Welsh for one, that talks about uh, leadership through intuition, following your guts. Uh, which really is the complete opposite of you know having the data there to support every decision that you make, and so a lot of the coaching work that I do, uh, and really often I call it advisory work, is helping the leader sort of tap into their own intuitive strength and learning to listen more closely to often what tend to be much quieter. Uh, voices and guidance systems that uh, lead us through not just life but the work that we're making, and even thinking about you know the decision-making processes uh, of whether or not we should you know do, for instance, uh, a partnership with a particular organization or hire that VP. Uh, what is your what is your gut? What is your heart? What is your intuition telling you? Are questions that I tend to constantly ask uh, when I'm working with these business leaders.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree, Steve. I and mean, just Libby, lib- I think these are really you know, all really valid points. I just want—I'm just thinking another couple of points that I think uh, are important is—is is, you know, a coach maybe or um, you know, whatever we want to mentor or advisor is, is being prepared to really understand you and taking the time to understand the whole person. I think that's it. That's important. And I, and another um, aspect too is you know how how do we help as a coach uh, people to move. Ideas quickly into action, and, and provide some accountability uh, to to move things across. You know, across and talking confidentiality with them. And Libby, any thoughts there?
3: Well, I you know I actually begin um, my coaching with people. You know, they often are um, ambitious, highly driven individuals. Um, that those are the kinds of individuals that we reward in our in our in our organizational world. And so those are often the people who have risen to the top. And um, sometimes I find that they're very out of balance with um, these very kind of tangible, hard goals. Not that those are bad in them, in and of themselves, but they're just out of balance. So I actually work with people on what are their deepest desires. And that sounds kind of fluffy um, and not even, you know, like, oh, come on, but but part of what happens when they don't have right relationship to their livelihood and they can't get connected with their intuition or their creative impulse or things like that is because they have a lot of layering of messages about what they think they're supposed to want and what they think they're supposed to do. And so they lose this connection with themselves. And so I actually work to help people um, connect with, you know, how do you want to, how, how do you want to feel? How do you want to experience your life? How do you want to... Um, Show up for your 90,000 hours at work. And um, that all of a sudden, you know, kind of breaks people out of um, the scenario of these tangible goals, which I think are perfectly appropriately, but not right away. Now, that may be different in some instances. You know, some coaching situations are like, hey, I've got this speech I want to deliver, and I've got a very particular message. So it is a very tangible thing. But if we're talking about the developmental arc of someone, then I think it's much more um, – there's much more an element of creativity to that.
1: Excellent. Well, I'm going to have to we've, – we've come to the end of the interview. I could talk about this for yeah. hours with you. So I just Good. want to – we've got about a minute between us for a, a short final message um, to, to sort of leave us with. So, Steve?
4: Yeah, thank you, Chris. And thanks for hosting this particular platform for us. Uh, you know, I, I believe that working with uh, any of the folks here on the call today who tap into the whole person and uh, lean into trying to help leaders become much more wholehearted in their work and not become uh, simply a version of what their company wants them to be is a big attribute to coaching. So it's work that I absolutely love to do and am honored to do.
1: All right, you've got 10 seconds. <laughs> Uh, well, JFK says uh where power corrupts
2: poetry cleanses and I say where power corrupts coaching cleanses.
1: Awesome, <laughs> Libby.
3: I can't follow that. I'm just really <laughs> glad to be here. I'm so grateful to be in collaboration with each of you. You're 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 just bringing great value to the world.
1: Thank you. Um absolutely brilliant to talk to uh, all of you. I think is just 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 really consider this um, interview when you're looking for a coach. Um, There's a lot to it. You want people who are you know, it's, it's, it's an artistic um, approach as well to coaching that's important. Find people you connect with, um, find people who um, you know, have done what you want to do or can uh, ask the questions that will help you get to where you want to get. Um, and for more information on the, um, Libby and Steve and Owen, visit StudioLeadership.com and go to ChrisCooper.co.uk as well. Any questions, Chris at ChrisCooper.co.uk. Next week's show, I have Dean Jackson, he's the founder and CEO of Hoob, um, who's going to talk about his unique philosophies on business and life got a hugely successful uh, company that create innovative wetsuits for triathletes, triathletes and open water swimmers including people like the Brownlee brothers who you may know have won various gold medals and uh, and the like so do join us as a fascinating man once again a huge thank you to owen libby to steve and um uh, you know wish you all wish you all well go and find the um the you know the right coach for you it's important to have a coach and of course all any of us here would love to hear from you if you think we're the right one for you